0: Whether you run one pizza joint or several, you order a ton of cheese. Why not get a little something in return? Bacio Cheese has a Gold Club rewards program that literally gives you cash back for every pound of cheese you buy. No tricks or gimmicks. They send you a credit card loaded with cash every month so you can buy whatever you want. Dinner for your family, maybe a gift for an employee, no strings attached. The more cheese you buy, the higher the rate of reimbursement. There are three tiers for rewards, gold, platinum, and for you big-time cheeseheads, diamond level. Here's another bonus. Gold Club members get funds twice a year to use in Baccio's marketing store to use for things like custom printing menus, pizza box stickers, things you'll actually use. You'll also get marketing support for social media, email, and your website, so you can stop asking your cousin to help fill in and get back to the dough sheeter. New members get a Baccio pizza peel, which I continue using for both my pan and hearth baked pies in my home oven. See which rewards tier you qualify for by visiting BaccioCheese.com slash Pizza City USA and enroll today.
1: But here you don't get that because everything you can import, you know, put got Italy on the doorstep, you can sort of import it and you've never had that reliance on our own style or our own sort of ovens, you know, everything's sort of traditionally imported.
0: Can the British make good pizza? Sure, although a lot of it seems to be of the Neapolitan variety, with those blistered edges and wetter middles. At Yard Sale Pizza, located exclusively outside of central London, the locals are getting a long fermented dough with a higher hydration, and not only red or white pies, but Marmite ones as well. The story of Yard Sale Pizza, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. Welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us for another edition of Pizza City here on a beautiful fall afternoon in Chicago. Uh, Just got back from a vacation slash work trip uh, to Europe, which involved no less than four COVID tests in the course of about... A week and a half because we not only flew to London but then took a train to Amsterdam and you can imagine lots of paperwork but all worked out well Um, got to see my daughter in Amsterdam uh, brought her home for a couple of weeks which is great and when we were in London was really focused on trying to find some pizza now fans of the show will know we did have one of the co-owners co-founders of uh, Pizza Pilgrims on a few months ago they had a new book out and I saw Pizza Pilgrims all over central London we stayed in Soho uh, but I was looking for something a little different and reached out to a couple of friends of mine who were in the business in London. Uh, one friend, Gemma, was a fan of yard sale pizza, and so looked them up and checked them out. They're not really in central London. It's, it's a bit, it, not so hard to get to, but we took a bus uh, out to Hackney, which seemed to be the closest to Soho, about 40-minute train ride, or sorry, 40-minute bus ride. You can take the tube out, uh, but a bus was just really direct, and met Nick Buckland, uh, the founder of Yard Sale. They've got eight locations now in the area. I think they're opening up a new one at Crystal Palace. And it's um, it's not wood-fired. It's a gas-fired pie. It's a rotating deck oven, a uh, stone deck. And it's it's interesting. It's exactly 2 minutes, 10 seconds. Nick has it all worked out. But the interesting thing was this long fermentation. I wasn't really expecting to see that in kind of a mini-chain where they're letting it rest at least two days minimum with a higher hydration. And uh, obviously the topping's a little different. You're close to Spain, so you see Spanish peppers. uh, But they're making Sicilian sausage in-house. Again, impressive. And the the most interesting thing was this marmite, which he will explain. It's a yeast extract. Um, Australians will know it as Vegemite. I remember that Men at Work song. Marmite, very interesting. It's definitely an acquired taste, something a lot of Brits grow up with and have it on toast in the morning, so it does make sense to put it on pizza dough, and we tried some. Um, He calls it garlic bread. I'd call it a British pizza, uh, if I were a marketing expert. Anyway, we begin the show, as we do all shows, by asking our guest about his first pizza memory. This is a difficult one, actually.
1: I think I was... uh thinking about i don't have sort of distinctive early pizza memories um what i do remember from my early pizza days are sort of the breaded sort of oven pizzas that your parents would sort of get you know i don't think there was much of a sort of big pizza culture sort of around london when i was growing up would have been
0: like from a store or like frozen or
1: yeah literally like a supermarket pizza unimaginative
0: um, and yet right now as you're standing here I'm looking behind you there's this big giant fire engine red oven that's cranking pizzas out how did you get to this point where pizza has become your your vocation?
1: Well that's it really I think like you know having the internet we saw a lot of great pizza things sort of happening in the world um, and one of the things that we found it hard to do uh, in London was get like an amazing pizza especially sort of delivery pizza you know that's that's really the sort of uh, gap in the market that we, that we sort of spotted when, you know, six, seven years ago before we sort of started out, when we started making pizza, you know, we, we saw obviously a massive pizza culture in America, obviously down in Italy and Europe, you know, so many different types of pizza all looking amazing. But for us to get that over here, we just, you know, we, we just couldn't really get that. You were sort of limited to the options of a Domino's, sort of bready US style pizza, you could get some decent sort of pizzas in restaurants like dotted around London, but it wasn't like such a big thing. It wasn't that as sort of readily available as we'd have sort of liked it to be. So we sort of basically took all the aspects we liked of pizza and tried to sort of merge them into, you know, our own sort of identity. So, you know, we've got, we like the spotted crust. Uh, as, you, as you can see here from my pizza, you know, we 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 do like a long fermentation to to make sure we get that we, we do cook quite high temperature we don't do like you know we don't push it to like an apollon pizza like don't get me wrong the apollon pizza is great if you're if you can see the oven it's generally good if you can't see the oven you like you know it's not going to travel well it's too soggy as you say it's too thin and it won't last so you know we did as much I want to say, like, engineering of our dough and our recipe and our cooking times and testing, you know, putting them in boxes for 10, 15 minutes and seeing how they come out to sort of, you know, get that ultimate sort of delivery pizza. So as you
0: were doing this R&D in your backyard in this wood-fired oven, you were thinking all along, we have to create something that will travel in a box as opposed to something that will be mostly eaten indoor, inside within three minutes of coming out of the oven.
1: For sure, yeah. And we, you know... We, we, you didn't have like the deliveries and the Uber Eats and all these third-party delivery companies at that time when we were sort of doing it, you know, we we really thought there was a real like sort of gap in the in the pizza market for feeling like a really good, well done uh, pizza delivery sort of company. And yeah, that, that was it. I mean, the fact that we had seats in our restaurants, uh, in our shops, in our pizzerias was sort of a bit of an accident. You know, we had a bit of leftover space in our first site, which is... You know, it's still a very small site, but we really enjoyed having people to sort of come in and eat with us. So each site we opened after them got a few sort of more seats in.
0: We were talking before we started recording about the styles of pizza, and there isn't really a British style of pizza. When we talk about pizza culture. Uh, we are very close to Italy, obviously, geographically, as the crow flies. And so I'm wondering if the pizzas that I've seen here, Pizza Pilgrims is a big brand I've seen in central London, some of the other names. You guys, you, typically wood-fired or neo-Neapolitan style. You don't see a lot of New York-style, gas-fired, 18-inch, you know, wide, thin, stretched, uh, baked for seven, eight minutes. Is it because we're close to Italy that there's so much influence in that sort of wood-fired style, you think? And then pause for one second, are there also like pan, we haven't talked about pan styles of pizza, the Detroit, the Chicago, the Sicilian, so I'm sorry, that interrupted part of that question.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something I've thought about a lot in the past and a bit like what would um, work well and I, I suppose, I guess with America you get this funnel of immigrants coming through like New York and taking their pizza and then people adapting it like regionally, which I think is amazing. Um, you know, adapting the home style, whether it's, you know, in a tray, as you'd say, like, you know, Sicilian style or or Rome style pizza. Um, I think, as I mentioned at the beginning, like the early memories of pizza, I just don't think it really ever got its own identity here. Here you don't get that because everything you can import, from, you know, we've got Italy on the doorstep, you can sort of import it. And you've never had that reliance on our own style or our own sort of ovens, you know, everything's sort of traditionally imported.
0: It seems like you're trying to create this style now, this local, regional style with uh, the Marmite. Tell me about that.
1: Okay, so this, this is one that you've uh, had upon entry. So this is our sort of signature Marmite garlic bread. Um, and as I was telling you, when, you know, this, this literally came out of um, staff food. So this was something, working a double shift, maybe you're a bit sick of eating margarita and pepperoni pizzas. You know, Marmite is, for those of you that don't know, it's quite a a British thing. It's like a, it's the the byproduct of the brewing industry. So it's a yeast extract. So it's like a spread that people generally have, like on toast in the morning. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite a comfort food. And
0: in Australia, it's Vegemite.
1: Australia, that's right, it's Vegemite. So uh, I won't uh, be contentious and say which one I prefer, but. um, Yeah, it's you know it's it's a real like sort of comfort food, and it's something we decided to put on the menu just to see how it goes, and it's you know really picked up traction. We've had like some really viral videos go around of it. Um, not always popular with everybody. For example, I, I, mean, I was telling you about our Italian chefs. None of them have heard of Marmite. You get them to try it. You know, it's a real mixed reaction, to to put it
0: mildly. Um, it's Marmite and, and uh, mozzarella on your on your dough.
1: Yeah, Marmite mozzarella garlic oil. That's what it is. Um,
0: and you call it a garlic bread, not a pizza. Yes. I mean, the marketers in America would say this is a Hackney-style pizza. Or British-influenced you know, british pizza.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it very much is pretty much pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, just to explain that. I mean, it's we spread it 11 inches rather than 12, and we don't have a, a pronounced crust on it like we would with our regular pizzas. It's a bit thicker in the middle, a little bit doughier than we'd have from our sort of pizzas. But all intents and purposes, I mean, it's this, the same dough. Uh, cooked in the same oven so it's uh, well,
0: I would fall in the camp of preference I like this it was interesting I mean I know you said it's very polarizing but I, I think this was interesting and I certainly never had that uh, but tasty nonetheless alright so we're going to we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're going to keep talking with Nick Buckland about the pizzas here at Yard Sale specifically some of the different flavors and toppings which I think are, are unique to the UK uh, we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks so stay with us as many of you know i have a pizza tour business in chicago and while a lot of our guests love to indulge in the raw bulk sausage that's pinched and pressed onto our pies before baking not everyone eats pork thank goodness fontanini has the solution chicken and beef meatballs they're always mixed with ricotta and house grated romano along with their blend of herbs and spices fontanini only uses select cuts of chicken and beef offering their customers more choices no matter what their religious or dietary restrictions, this summer you'll also see them halal certified. So go ahead and throw them on your naan with some tikka masala sauce. Get a free sample of the new chicken and beef meatballs at fontanini.com/pizza city, or go to Fontanini Brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. Welcome back to the show everybody we're here in northeast london at yard sale pizza with nick buckland the, the founder owner
1: yes yeah. you have five locations now it's eight. 8 eight yeah. eight we've just opened our eighth in crystal palace all
0: right let's talk about the dough first um, i see your italian flour over here it's vpn approved uh anything remarkable about it just a, an overnight ferment
1: so we do 48 72 hour fermentation
0: a bulk ferment overnight the
1: ball they'll go to the fridge Minimum you'll get is 48 from us, but uh, up to 72-hour fermentation. So that's that long, slow process that gets us the, fla- the flavor that we want.
0: Well, what people, well, By the way, what people couldn't see just now as Nick was doing this was this very easy hand stretch. He did about four or five turns, uh, but that two-day ferment, you can see the gluten is really relaxed.
1: Yeah. So, and we- it's quite hydrated, though, as well, so it, it does just fall open. Um, so I'll stretch it most of the way now and do the, the tiny little. About,
0: about 11 inches across.
1: Yeah, exactly. Today we're making the Salsicce Fiorelli. So this is our homage to, like, a classic uh, Napolitan pizza.
0: Or in Chicago, sausage and peppers, basically, was what we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quite similar. So this is a white-based pizza, so no tomato sauce, um, which personally is, like, a big favorite of
0: mine. So just a little bit of olive oil first.
1: Yeah, a little bit of olive oil just so it doesn't dry out. Okay, what's our
0: mozzarella now?
1: Yeah, so this is mozzarella. So we use a sort of semi-dried mozzarella.
0: And uh, I'm, I'm going to say the shape of these remind me of French fries. The way this is cut, so this, this is mozzarella. A,
1: this is called the Napoli cut. So actually, what it mimics is a hand-cut piece of French mozzarella. Um, and you know why it looks like a French fries because the way they do it is to, and the way a lot of Napoleon pizzerias cut their mozzarella in bulk is to put them through like a potato chipper. Mm. So that makes sense. That's why you've got that look. Okay, so yeah.
0: Now the greens,
1: what, are the, what is this? So this is friorialli. So this, you might know this is broccoli rabe, I think. Exactly,
0: broccoli rabe, yeah.
1: This we import from Italy, so this is marinated in garlic and a little bit of chili. Fried right, so chili. Of, yeah, chili flake, just for a little bit of background heat.
0: And then sausage. And sausage, yeah. Okay, i tell you, this has been par-cooked. No, this is raw.
1: So this is a, this is a Sicilian-style sausage, which we make. Um, in-house
0: i love that you're pinching and pressing it onto the pizza raw uh, rather than having it par cooked and this is going to of course that fat will render out into the pie as it bakes this this is um you can't do this in america or at least you can't do this on a neapolitan typically because it's a 90 second bake and the sausage won't get cooked through which is why a lot of places will put it on sort of par cooked
1: yeah i mean this is something i actually got from anthony falco when he came over. We had his um his pizza on the on the menu which and he you know he part of that was putting the raw sausage on the pizza and what it does is it releases the juices which sort of you know marinate and into yeah. the pizza and make like a sort of sauce themselves which you know it's the so best. It to my eyes a bit of to like you know what you can do um, come
0: to chicago sometime that's all we do In the oven? Ready for the oven. yeah. Okay, so you got a big giant red uh, Marna, it's called a Marana Forney. I'm gonna get out of your way here. Get another peel. Okay. okay, so this is this giant rotating deck oven. There's a steel deck that's been it's rotating. It's got about a two minute rotation.
1: Two minutes ten, we have them set to. There's
0: gas flame in the back I can see. Um, it looks like this, you said the coldest part. The temperature reading is 345 Celsius, so around 650 Fahrenheit.
1: So the idea of that is the pizza goes in and it gets an equal amount of time next to the flame, an equal amount of time away from the flame. So what it does, it will go to the flame, will get that leopard spotting crust that we're after, but it won't stay in that intense flame. So it can't stay there for very long. It will come back around to the cooler side, where you said it's about 347 degrees uh, Celsius. And it will start to sort of crisp up a bit. So then we get sort of the best of both worlds, what we're we're looking for in our sort of ideal style of pizza. Uh, So
0: the business entrepreneur inside my head right now is saying this is sort of dummy proof in a way in that you don't need a highly skilled, highly trained pizzaiolo working the oven with the peel, constantly managing the bake and turning it around because it's literally turning itself with very little effort at this point.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And we, we used to have real big problems cuz our our most skilled chefs, our head chefs would spend every busy shift of their head in the oven, you know, not running the service, they you know cuz we just needed our most skilled guys in the oven. So the reason we we put all these ovens in was to release that, you know, suddenly it's not the hardest job in the whole uh, pizzeria anymore. It's, you know, suddenly anybody, not anybody, but you know, a guy with much less training can handle a, a busy shift. Because
0: of the slightly longer bake here, two minutes plus. Um. I do find that these travel better, or depending on how you transport it, if it's going to be transported in paper or cardboard, or I don't know if you elevate it in the box at all on some of those accordion things I've seen, but oh, look at that. It's coming across the mouth of the oven now, and I can see all the leopard spotting, and it is so even. You, don't, you didn't have to move it once. You're just checking the undercarriage, and that's it. Wow. The sausage is baked. It's cooked through. Oh, my the looks awesome. Oh, you call it the Fiorelli? Sorry. Um, We're gonna try this in just one second. Let's take a quick break here. Uh, Let's have a little music interlude while we try this pizza while it's fresh. And we're back. I'm eating the pizza now. The nice thing about this pizza, by the way, Nick, is that you can actually pick up the slice and I can do the fold. Um, A lot of Neo, Neapolitan, and of course, Neapolitan, you need knife and fork. And this is not wet in the middle because of that two plus minute bake. Um, I love the fact that the sausage is cooked perfectly on here, but I, it's like one of the feedback I had was, again, my own American experience and Chicago experience is more fennel in the sausage. You were just saying you like fennel, but there's a reason this is not fennel-based?
1: Yeah, it's just like uh, trying to balance the taste, really, you know, people's preference. Um, you know, I know myself personally, I, I'm a real fennel fan, so I like it quite strong. Because uh, the average person maybe likes it a bit more mild uh, over here, so... Yeah, we've gone for that sort of middle ground of uh, sausage style.
0: Okay. And then one thing I noticed also, you don't finish it with a Calabrian chili oil or a hot honey like we're seeing in America these days. Is that something you guys are thinking about now or is it just this is the way you like it? It's not going to change?
1: I mean, this pizza, we've tried to keep it as much to the sort of original as possible. I mean, obviously, we've got our own sort of marinated sausage on it. Um, We cook it in our style, not quite Neapolitan style. but yeah, I, we, we, as we said, we've used a chili flake at the beginning. It's not something we feel we need. Um, also, as a, sort of brought out here, we've got a lot of dips, which we sell. You know, we're quite big on our dips, which obviously is not the classic Italian thing, but something we like to accompany a pizza. What, what are they? So what we've got here, we've got this guy. This is a chimichurri dip. So that's like a fresh oregano, sort of parsley, garlic, herby uh, dip. This is our classic garlic and herb. Uh, we, call, it, we call that ranch in America. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this is... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sour cream, parsley, lemony type dip. This is holy fuck hot sauce. Can I say that? I can say that. Hot sauce. So this is made by, we like to do a lot of, uh, like sort of collaborations and use a lot of local suppliers and local tie-ins. And this, this is a guy we've worked with since the beginning called uh, The Rib Man. So he sells barbecue ribs, um, pulled ribs out on Brick Lane. And he's also a big West Ham fan. He um, he sells it outside their, their stadium. But he makes some really good hot sauces. So this is one, uh, like a Scotch Bonnet hot sauce.
0: The crust, delicious. This is among the best crusts I've had. I mean, certainly the two- to three-day ferment makes a huge difference. But for a, a pizza baked in a gas-fired rotating deck oven, this is at the top. Because of... I guess your hydration level because of your fermentation, it really sings. It really, this is one of those crusts you're not going to leave on the plate.
1: Yeah, it's important for us that it's quite handmade as well. Like We don't want perfect circles. We want something that's going to be a little bit different. So in that long-dumb fermentation, you're going to get that. You know, We want them to be a bit gnarly. We want bigger bubbles. We want, you know, the. for me personally, like the char, like the little pockets of char. Obviously, you don't want it too concentrated but like the little bubbles of char like you get here just really add to that flavour. This is our new polka, this is our homage to a uh, New York uh, style pizza. This is one we we actually created. We had uh, and um, Frank Pinello down. With Frank
0: Pinello from Best Pizza in Williamsburg. Okay, yeah, former guest of the show. So
1: we, we had him. Yeah, we were really privileged. We, he came over. We, did he, he insist on putting
0: anchovies in the sauce? Went
1: down a storm. He did not. No, no, he did mention. It. But uh, we, yeah, we came together, we we made a pizza together, which is uh, special it has been on and off the menu for the last sort of, few years. And one of the base ingredients of that is these uh, pickled guindilla chilies. The
0: first thing on is the tomato sauce at this point.
1: Yeah, it's the first thing on. So we do, so we cook our, we slow cook our tomatoes.
0: I'm looking at behind you, it looks like Norello is the Italian peeled plum tomatoes. Yes, yeah. Garlic oil, okay, again, an easy hand here, not too much of it.
1: Dried oregano, so I think this is one of the key ingredients.
0: Same mozzarella as before.
1: Same. Uh, the French fry cut. French fry cut. Semi-dried. These are the uh, sliced uh, pickled chilies. And they're called? <laughs> I call them guindilla. Guindilla. I've had a, we've had some Spanish chefs who are more like guindilla.
0: Okay, and then the same thing with the raw sausage.
1: Yeah, we're going again.
0: We're going to do one more music interlude here while Nick puts this in the oven for two minutes and ten seconds, and we'll come back when it emerges. quick second as you just pulled it out I was asking you I see you don't dome this pizza like you would on a Neapolitan oven where you lift it to the top of the the center why don't you do that? So
1: we want to keep it on the floor for as long as possible so we want it to cook that base to cook as much as possible so when you when you're doming it you're continuing to cook on the top but you're stopping to cook on the bottom so it's not really suitable for like sort of Neapolitan pizzas when you want to cook it as fast as possible maybe your floor is like 500 degrees and you need to get it off that floor because it's gonna burn Um, but for us it's not necessarily you know Maybe if your floor is a little bit too hot, you could finish it. You know, if if you've got enough color, you can finish it at the top, but most of the time, not necessary. This
0: is a low stress oven job, I think in terms of pizza. I've never seen somebody so relaxed at the oven. It's just like, let the oven do all the work. And then I pull it out, and again, look at this, perfect, this sort of uneven, this nice charring around this. Some would call it a little burnt. I think that's perfect. A lot of places like it a little well done on the side. Middle is cooked perfectly as well. You can see that sausage. Uh, all the fat's been rendered out, and it's ready to cut now. So, And I like also how that mozzarella has spread nice and even throughout the sauce. Uh, it's a really pretty picture. We're going to obviously have pictures on our website. So this yep.
1: one you can see as well, what I'm talking about, that like the juice coming out, the meat, you've got everything sort of meeting, marinating, making this, this, this sauce, which is different to our sort of base tomato sauce. Which, which has that little oregano,
0: that dried oregano scattered throughout underneath the cheese, which is going to be cool.
1: A little bit of garlic. That's right, the garlic
0: oil as opposed to the regular oil on the first pizza. So I'm very excited to try this as well. So
1: this one, because of that extra juice, you're going to get, you
0: know. Oh man, I love that sauce. That is delicious. You're right the sauce the cheese the oregano the garlic it all plays so nicely together the chilies are so interesting again not i would they're not spicy no
1: they're not they're not too hot they're mild which is good because it means you can get the flavor of the chili rather than just you know blow your head off you can't taste anything um, well, that is
0: absolutely a spanish ingredient right
1: that is yeah so they're, they're imported from spain um from, as far as i know it's just that one farm that, that does these
0: particular chilies. So. Ah, again, the crust is delicious. Um, well done, Nick. Um, hey, Listen, I've got one more question for you before we go. Uh, we ask all of our guests on the show, knowing what you know now about pizza making, which is certainly a lot, you've got eight stores and you've been doing this for five or six years, what would you have told yourself seven years ago when you were practicing in the backyard before you opened up a business um, about how to be successful in the pizza world?
1: Um think just you know don't question your your vision really do it do what you want to do don't be held back by what people think you should be doing do it you know the way you want to do it i think another thing is just you know you just need to push for quality like and that's always been you know ethos and behind every single decision every decision we make you know quality always needs to be number one
0: so great advice the business is again is called yard sale pizza they've got eight locations in the london area mostly outside of central london um, it's about a 40 minute bus ride from where i was in central london in soho if, to give people kind of a perspective on where it is but certainly worth the ride um, check it out nick thanks so much appreciate it thank you thank you for coming Alright, coming up in two weeks, we're back in New York City talking to a guy who liked Patsy Grimaldi's pizzas so much, he went into business with him. But I really view Pat's exercise to come down here as, number one, a pioneer for this neighborhood, which has changed dramatically, and also a bit of a renaissance man of bringing back the original coal-fired ovens, that technology, along with the taste. which the coal imparts a little bit of a different taste than some of the other solid fuel or gas oven or an electric oven. I'll talk with Matthew Grogan, the managing partner at Juliana's Beneath the Brooklyn Bridge. That's in two weeks on October 1st. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend and rate us. I'd love to know what you think about the show. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. That's where you can find information about our tours. We've got four public tours running through the end of October. Also, just announced Chicago Pizza Festival in about 10 months. It's gonna be July 16, 17 of next year. Put it on your calendars. Um, I already talked to Scott Wiener. He said he's gonna come in for one of the days, but we've got uh, Chris Bianco coming in to be on a panel. Tony G is gonna be here, uh, not only cooking a little bit with Professor Pizza, but also on a panel. I think we're gonna get Francisco Magoya from Modernist Pizza. Uh, We're almost confirming that. So lots of of cool folks coming in to speak and demo, but also 40 of Chicago's best pizzerias over the course of two days, working on 10 Pizza Master ovens. It's going to be massive. It's going to be big. It's really going to be a great kickoff to what we hope will be an annual event. All right, Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here is wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always.